Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. And uh, actually, it's just me. I'm looking around. It's, it's just me uh, and, and two awesome people are sharing the uh, the special guest. We don't really use the special guest couch anymore. It used to kind of be the special guest couch because the room wasn't big enough for other chairs, but there are these other chairs, and I'm told that they're not the most comfortable chairs in the world. Um, the couch would probably be com- more comfortable. But, uh, but it's littered with your spoils. Exactly. Yeah. It's got it's got <laughs> all of my, my Run Disney medals and all of my uh, my other other you know running medals and things on it. So those have the uh, the comfort. Those, they yeah. need the comfort. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's so on the special guest in the special Special guest chairs today. We have returning Josh Fulton. Hello, hello. And then we have brand new, uh, I guess, special guest. We have Aaron Wright. Yep. Thank you very much. Of uh, of, of no relation though to nope. uh, to, to me and Chris. Not that we're aware of. Not that we're aware of. That's true. That's true. The, the weird thing is, like, we're both like all of it. We're from Illinois. Yep. Like originally, like that's you know where our families are, where we grew up, and that's where. But we're, we're not related. It's it's you're from a, a different part of the state, and we're from like the St. Louis kind of area. That's where the the rights kind of res- reside these days. So mm-hmm. it's which is awesome, but uh, but completely completely odd to both move to Tennessee and then meet each other and yep. hang out. So. And podcast together. And Pretty podcast crazy. together. So Chris is uh, is unfortunately uh, n- not joining us this episode, but what have you all been up to this week? This is awesome, by the way. I, I like this. I'm in like the ultimate... Ch- I'm like looking back and forth and I'm like, I feel, feel like powerful in some way. It's, it's very strange. Anyway, so what have you guys been up to this week? Uh, I'll go. I... I have been playing a ton of Pokemon X. Yeah? Yeah. I finally got into it. I don't know. Uh, last time I was on, I think it was a couple months ago. Um, but since then, I have gotten completely addicted to the trading card, uh, Pokemon trading card game. Dude. As a 31-year-old man. No, that's... I just punched my microphone. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally doing a Chris because Chris sometimes punches his microphone. It's great. We actually, his uh, spirit uh, is here. We attempted to get into that with the kids like yeah. uh, past couple Christmases and... Jen and I have been into it more than they have. So. <laughs> really? Yeah, me and Kate. Awesome. There is me no and shame. Kate play it. <laughs> me and well, Kate like, will play it after our son goes to bed. So, like, there's the uh, there's like the the Pokemon World Championships as well. Like, yeah. and, and, the, and like the, there's like real like money and like the competition is 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 awesome in that. And so uh, so don't feel ashamed. Embrace it. <laughs> yes. Embrace it to become the uh, the ultimate Pokemon master <laughs> to to catch them all <laughs> and to train them. I could start singing the theme song for the Pokemon anime right now, but we I'm could, not going to. But we get um, sued. So yeah, what do you think of what do you think of X? I, I finished uh, I finished Pokemon X. I guess it was uh, about a year ago, something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, I picked it up for Christmas. Uh, me and Chris bought. Uh, I bought X. He bought Y. Nice. Uh, I don't think he's touched it, but <laughs> he's a very busy man. He plays yeah. a lot of games, and I have a lot of other games that I want to play too. So it actually took me a while to get into it, and it just. In, like this last week started getting back into it yeah because of the trading card game i was like okay maybe there's more to this uh and to be completely honest pokemon x is the first pokemon game i've ever played what yeah you didn't play any of the originals dude i missed that train oh my gosh i was like just i was like a year and a half too late to that that whole show really yeah my brother on the other hand who's three and a half years younger than me was like drowning in it really so he's a huge pokemon fan can name all original 150 or whatever pokemon dude like uh and he bought pokemon y uh in in hopes that he and i would play together (laughs) 
the infamous hat yeah, in which I my son my, my Pokemon hat. <laughs> I heard my son schooled you on the yeah <laughs> on no no the I'm like I, so I have this Pokemon hat yeah I, and I wore it to the Oscar party yeah yeah and uh, and he he named all of the Pokemon we there's only two on here that we couldn't come up with the yeah. names of together awesome. and it's we really can't see them very well I still I still think yeah. it's it's a, it's a design flaw yeah with the well, hats you can't see the Pokemon enough to identify them yeah it's a anyway. letdown. So 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 you weren't very into it as a kid. So just, just right. this is your first one. But when I told my when I told my brother that I was thinking about getting my son into Pokemon, and then like you know by default me as well. Yeah. I mean he lost it. He was like, oh my gosh. And so he has bought like a whole new like he has a full binder of cards just in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> and now he's like teaching his daughter how to play. So she plays and and he like texted me the other day. He's like, oh I beat Pokemon Y. I was like, dude. All right. Well, okay. I'm like I, you gotta get I on that train. Only, I've only dude. beaten the second gym on the on Pokemon X, so I have I have a little ways to go. Dude, I love that game, and, and like there's there's a, a few key moments, and I'm excited for you to like to whenever you get uh, into some of the later moments in the game, because there's like a couple of key moments that I will always remember about like X. I played uh, Pokemon Emerald as yeah. well, was the first one I officially played. So you've been playing Pokemon X. Yep. And what have you been doing, Aaron, this week? Uh, a whole lot of the division, dude. That's oh man. The so, division. So it's good. finally out. Yep, finally. And After. so you were telling me, okay, so funny anecdotal story about the division and the division beta. Uh, you were telling me that you uh, <laughs> you were you you got injured because yes. of not only the division beta, but also because of Chris and I talking about it on a podcast. Yep, I completely blame you guys. <laughs> you know, it's a nice bright and sunny Saturday morning out for a run. Had the podcast in my earbuds and stepped right off the side of the sidewalk, sprained my ankle. <laughs> That was like three weeks ago, I think. Now, and no. haven't run since. <laughs> X-rays, yeah. the X- whole nine. Yeah. X-rays it's, were negative, thank goodness. Just yeah, a sprain, dude, that's so. that's but, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh Gosh, man, dude. it was not fun. Well, um, I apologize on behalf of the podcast. All right, just <laughs> I did finally go back and finish listening to it a couple of days later. Good, so. good. It didn't have like the, it wasn't like one of those things we we talk about like whenever you play a game, whenever you're sick, that you can't go yeah. back and revisit that game anymore. Like it wasn't one of those things it's like, where well, it's like yeah, I'm just done. I'm know? done. Yeah. I'm out, guys. <laughs> Never again. Delete, unsubscribe. No, don't do that. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, dude, the division. So you yes. put a little bit more time into. It. I played it uh, for quite a lot of time that first night. Yep. Um, but wasn't able to play last night. So what do you think? Like, what are your first impressions? Not like a review necessarily, like first impressions of the first few hours of the game. It's, uh, it's hard to pin down, but like, um, like the gameplay is really good. Like it just feels really good. You know, the shooting, the cover, like cover to cover moves yeah. is, is great. Um, there's a lot of depth in the talents. It seems like, yeah. Um, I haven't dug into it much. Yeah, definitely got that vibe where it was like, man, there was, they would pop up every once in a while and pop up. Oh, did you know this? Like a tutorial mm-hmm. little page that you would read, and I kind of skipped through like the first like three or four of those. They're really being like, nah, I'll figure it out. But then as I got digging into like what the actual things, like I, I didn't realize there even were. There's like talents, there's yep. skills, and then there's abilities, yeah, perks, yeah. And it's like you have these three kind yeah. of big columns mm-hmm. of. Uh, of, of things. And I didn't realize there was talents. Like I just, I literally only thought there were skills and then um, like perks. Yep. And I didn't quite understand what the, what was going on with this stuff. And so like whenever I found that, I was like, maybe I should have read <laughs> some of those two, tutorial things so <laughs> yeah um but yeah the game like i, I love the uh the shooting it feels yep. so good um mm-hmm. what did you think i know you've played it as well yeah Josh. i played it a little bit uh destiny was the first uh mmo that i ever played yeah so i was never into warcraft or anything like that but mm. 
Uh, so Destiny kind of like was the uh, gate gateway drug yep. <laughs> for yep. me. Uh, and then, for a lot of people, for me too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of comparisons, and and I'm sure that's just the MMO world. Like you, you have the same kind of ideas. Yep. Um, you know, in in Destiny, you had you know, uh, like what was it like Sun? Uh, the the class system yeah the yeah. class system and uh, then yeah, here yeah. it's the abilities you know yep. so it's the same kind of idea you you get to choose two and use them and mm-hmm. um uh so that kind of stuff the the whole like collecting gear figuring out okay do i want this this is going to raise this stat but lower this stat like how do i want to you know load yeah, out and stuff, stuff like that yeah. yeah um i found it uh a lot more fun to casually play yeah where destiny i felt like i had to have uh if i didn't have like a, a secure reason to play it right. wasn't worth playing. Yeah, and it seems like okay, so there's there's some fun things that like are big differences between like this and Destiny where like this you can kind of power level people where if somebody is yeah. like you get kind of whoever's in your party together, you get group experience. So like if if mm. I guess if if you kill someone Josh, then Aaron and I would both get uh, XP off that as well. So if you're a higher level person and you're killing a higher level enemy that I couldn't scratch, you yeah. know, it just it'll tickle them if I'm shooting them with right. my submachine gun. Um, but you eliminate them, I get the big experience, right? Uh, and, and I'm easier. Like it's easier. Seems like it's easier to get up to the same level as the people you're playing with, which yeah, we, was nice. I really liked that. About yeah, we it. Uh, we saw that the first night. Like Chris and I started. I don't know a couple hours after you guys did. That's right. And. Uh, we joined up as soon as we possibly could. Yeah, and it seemed like we just we jumped right from like level two or three right to five. And yeah, some, like a few you were minutes. like you, I think we ended and everybody was pretty yeah. much on the same level, same like percentage through that level basically. Yep. I mean, it was it was interesting. Like, sounds like scales up to like the party leader or something. But yeah, yeah. there's definitely some scaling going on there. And I'm wondering like, so we were facing higher level enemies, but it didn't seem like we were you guys were having too much trouble like wiping mm-hmm. them out either. So yeah. I don't know. It was it was interesting. Um, I'm I'm intrigued by that because like I've missed a night like you guys have played yep. or uh, I don't did you play last night uh, at all? Uh, I played two nights ago. I played the night yep. that we all played and then I played the next day. Right. I stayed home from work because uh, my wife was sick, so I stayed home from work and I played a little bit. Gotcha. Um, but I mean, just in those two play sessions that probably total about maybe four hours. Like yeah. I'm already at a level eight. That's nice. That's within nice. four hours, like it's yep. you, know, you can move pretty quickly if you want to, and that's just me like going around doing random stuff yeah from a from like a storytelling perspective i really enjoyed it too because it's like it's it's pretty immersive but then also at the same time like the the only thing about the story that weirded me out was like oh you're the last division agent but then i'm like but i'm in a squad of four right now (laughs) and i can literally see that there's other squads of four that are running around (laughs) that was the only thing that was like the that broke between like the implementation and actually like what the storyline was so i mean i I don't know I, i don't know where you uh where you kind of start from whenever it comes to like the narrative here where it's like, okay, so did we start as this was like a single player game and you kind of go through in the traditional tunneled single player experience or if it was more like this was always going to be an MMO and it was always going to be this big open world and team mm-hmm. up and stuff like that. So I don't know. Yeah, I think my uh, my one bummer with it was the kind of character creation process like just the kind of lack of customization that was on there oh yeah well that's the (laughs) thing like about destiny whenever i was initially creating my character the first character that i created in the full game was the same character i created in the beta and in the beta i just kind of threw her together and i was like ah this is cool hair cool you know this cool that and i recreated her for the uh for the thing but then i knew i had three more characters that i was going to go into because i was going to do all of the like you said the skills and stuff like that because you were locked into a certain skill set whenever you chose but 
in this game, you're not really locked in. Like whatever your character right. is, it can be anything. Your yes. character, you can just read. Like at any moment, you can swap out skills. You can yep. change up anything. Your whole loadout. I love that. And it's great. But then I'm like, man, that puts a lot of weight on how this one mm-hmm. character looks. Yeah. Um, and so like it took me forever to decide. Like I even like was texting photos to uh, to, to Chris and being like, <laughs> ah, what about this one? How do you like this pair of sunglasses? Um, oh, but, but yeah. That's the other crazy thing is like sunglasses are a part of like the character creation process and like they're like permanently part of your face. Like yeah. there's, 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 no, there's no taking them off. Yeah. Uh, which just felt kind of weird. But I spent like the most of the time just going through and trying to figure out like which neck tattoo to get, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like I, uh, I ended up on, on the American flag. Like there's a second, the second yeah. American flag on there. And it's just, I like maybe I was like, man, just, <laughs> this is awesome. I'm going to go with sunglasses, the American flag neck tattoo, and just like roll. This yep. is going to be, you know, I, I was looking at my characters and I, I thought to myself, I said, okay, so first of all, I need a cool hairstyle. So the faux hawk had to happen. And so she has a faux hawk. And, uh, and then I was like, well, but then again, who, which of these characters do I feel like would most like, which one would I most want with me if it was the apocalypse? You know, if it was a post-apocalyptic world, which of these characters would I think would survive this? You know, and so I, I made a lot of choices based on yep. that. So obviously, you know, and, uh, and I, I, I was... I was solidified there. So we'll probably do a review um, at some point whenever we get a chance to kind of finish out yep. or, or at least see most of what the game has to offer. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm de- like definitively positive on this game. Um, it seems like there's a lot more to do than Destiny yep. uh, had in the beginning, and it yep. seems like uh, seems like there's a lot more customizable things and and you know slots and stuff like that that I uh, I really appreciate. Um, yeah, and there's gonna be there's gonna be character trading later on. Like I can trade with uh, with whoever's out there. Yeah, you know? I hope so. they I hope they do it like the uh, like Diablo three does. Yeah, like if something drops when you're in a party together, like you can trade it amongst the party members. Oh, that'd be um, awesome. But there's like no like broad scale trading between people, so there's not like the random, you know gold for for cash sites out there and stuff right. like that so well that would solve a lot of like in destiny it would be like the gallahorn would drop for somebody who already has yes. four and you're like dang it and they're <laughs> yeah. like i wish i could give it to you man i'm just gonna dismantle was, it yeah. here though mm, uh you yeah. know <laughs> and uh that's the other thing about this game and i think we mentioned this about the beta chris mentioned it specifically um he said and i agree that th- the um, hoarding aspect of like that you get with destiny where it's like every single weapon has like a story and a quote and like it's, it feels like this is the only one of these left in the entire mm-hmm. world. And, and so you have this tendency to want to hold on to it in this game. It's the exact opposite where I'm like junk, 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 yep. junk, junk, dismantle. Yeah. You know, yeah. cleared out my inventory. So yep. I feel like I'm, I'm constantly cleaning. Um, and like that, that is the, where the, the, um, I guess the positive response comes from where it's like, ah, now my inventory is clean. Now I'm done, you know? And and that always like, that felt good whenever I was going through and doing it. So my biggest, uh, uh, my biggest, um, appreciation for this game was how they handled the safe zone as Mm. opposed to the tower in destiny Mm. where it's like, okay, I'm done here and I'm going to go to a loading screen for two and a half (laughs) minutes. I'm going to go to the tower or to, uh, whatever the other, the, the reef or whatever. And do this and do that and do this and then realize, oh, sh- I, I got to go do this other thing and then I got to wait another two <laughs> yep. minutes for to mm-hmm. load. Like this, you just walk in and you're there. It automatically, you if you're walking with somebody in your party, you see them disappear. They go into another server and like it's so fluid. Yep. Like 
there's almost no loading whatsoever. Yeah, dude. And they're like the fast travel is amazing too. Yeah. Because like if you're across the map in in uh in other games that I've played, multiplayer games, it's like, oh well, give me about five minutes, I gotta get there, you know. <laughs> it's just as fast to walk as it, right. <laughs> as it is to sit through that loading screen. And so yeah, like whenever I do here. whenever I do fast travel in this game, like you can like if we're way across the map, I can be like, okay, we just gotta go home. We gotta unload this stuff. I don't yeah. wanna deal with any other mm-hmm. random encounters, I don't wanna deal with enemies. And so it's just fast travel back to home and like maybe uh you know 45 seconds later you're standing there emptying out your your stuff and selling stuff and buying new weapons that sort of thing so um but yeah i'm definitively positive on this game so this week i don't know if we've mentioned we're gonna do a 10 cloverfield lane review oh yeah yes that's and, what we're here uh, for <laughs> that's actually what we're here for we just watched the movie and uh, we'll do a substantial spoiler free uh section we'll talk about as much as we can possibly talk about being spoiler free on this movie and we'll give a definitive should you see it should you not and then we'll dive into the spoilers mm-hmm. but first the news! The, news! the news the news guys the news so i didn't print this off on sheets of paper and throw them about willy-nilly um <laughs> in the room <laughs> sorry chris <laughs> but uh it mainly because the printer i have in there it doesn't work mm. and uh and so the phone it is back to the old school way of doing things um so let's start off with some Star Trek news. Ooh. So mm. Star Trek Into Darkness is a movie, right? Yeah. And they announced we talked about on the uh, the podcast uh, like I think it was last week. Was it last week we talked about the show like where they're, they're doing a new show, a new Star right. Trek show? Oh, yeah. But uh, so the next show has to wait six months to air after the next Star Trek movie comes out. Star Trek Beyond mm. uh, comes out is, is what the new movie is called. I'm reading this this quote from IGN.com and it says. CBS Corporation President uh, Leigh Munevs made the revelation while speaking about the division of the Star Trek ownership rights during the Deutsche Bank Media, Internet, and Telecom Conference. Um, But he says... When CVS split from Viacom 10 years ago, January 1st, 2006, one of the big sticking points, as you can imagine, was the Star Trek. Uh, And he says, Paramount said, it's a movie. Star Trek's a movie. And then CBS said, no, 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 it's a TV show. And he says, actually, we're both right. So they kept the feature film rights while we kept the television rights. And they have Star Trek Beyond coming out July 22nd. Our deal with them is that we have to wait six months after their film is launched so there wouldn't be confusion in the market place (laughs) so my only thing with this is like star trek has always been a tv like it started as like a tv show then went into the movies and then while they were doing those movies the other tv show started and then while they were doing movies on those a different tv show you know so it's always been kind of current current this thing right um Mm -hmm. so i don't know it seems a little weird that they they haven't struck this balance but that was whenever the rights were held by the same company so right true i don't know anyway are you guys interested in this at all in in star Um, trek i beyond scares me Okay, <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a Star Trek person. Yeah, either. I enjoyed the first. Two, I'm sorry, but I enjoyed the first two Star Trek movies. Yeah, and when I say first, I mean the first new first ones. So Star Trek and then uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and but at the same time, I I have come to understand through friends who are very hardcore Star Trek fans, I've come to understand what's expected from Star Trek. And those movies are not that right. Even those two are not that. And so, uh, when I saw the trailer for beyond, I kind of like had an Opie one moment where I like, I felt the the voices (laughs) of a thousand people cry out. Like I didn't die on Alderaan, but I felt like all my friends did. Yeah. You know? So it was, I, 
that movie kind of scares me for the Star Trek franchise. And from what I've heard, it looks like the series is going to go more that direction than like your regular Star Trek pure yeah. science fiction movies. Yeah, and where there's a lot of thinking, like a lot of like those moments where you're like, hmm, maybe not a lot of action has happened this episode, right, yeah. but it's made me think about the world differently, that sort of thing. Yeah. And that, that was always kind of... Uh, the way, especially next generation, like next generation really like made me, uh, made me think about a lot of things most of the time. And I, I just recently in the past few years or whatever, have watched through that entire series. Um, and it's just a masterpiece as far as that goes. And, um, the, the movies, the, the original, uh, Star Trek movies are some of my, you know, favorite, favorite science fiction stuff as well. So, um, yeah, anyway, Star Trek on to some gaming news. We have a some Pokemon news. You mentioned Pokemon yes. earlier. A new Pokemon mobile game has been announced for Japan, and well, so there, hmm. there's not a lot of news just because uh, the uh, you know people haven't worked through like the translation that sort of thing as much. But it is apparently Pokemon meets a strategy battle board game. So it's kind of like a board game okay. and mm-hmm. a and mm-hmm. Pokemon on a strategy game, which is uh, which is pretty exciting. And you said as a mo- like when you say mobile, you mean like phones? Phones, yeah, like oh, okay. iPhones. So this is part of their new mobile initiative type r- thing, right? So Nintendo has been doing their uh, their mobile initiative, but the the Pokemon company. Um, has also been doing the, uh, the 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 mobile thing as well. So Pokemon Company, uh, Nintendo owns about a third of that of the Pokemon Company, mm-hmm. along with a couple of other companies. And so Pokemon has always kind of been on handhelds and things like that. So this seems like it would be make sense, but it's not right. like a mainline Pokemon game on your phone. I just hope it comes west. Is my yeah. thing. So yeah. hopefully something that can tend to happen a lot of times whenever something's released uh, to Japan, especially with Nintendo. Sometimes Nintendo will say, "No, no, no. This the you know." Um, the West and America won't understand what's going on in this game. And so, you know, culturally or whatever. And so they either change it drastically or they just don't release it at all. And so hopefully, right. you know, a, a battle board game, a strategy battle board game, which the game is apparently modeled after some sort of a, a Japanese kind of like, they know what this game will be. Uh, whenever you make that reference, when you say mm-hmm. it's a Pokemon strategy oh, battle board yep. game, they, they know what it's going to be. Whereas here I'm like, it sounds awesome. I don't really know where this fits, but I would be interested in playing it. Right. Yeah. Um, because Pokemon. Other game news. We mentioned The Division, and this is a game that we've been super, super excited for. Um, but The Division has set a Ubisoft sales record. Wow. Um, so, again, this is from uh, this is from IGN. I feel this like is, they needed that. They totally did. <laughs> yep. Like yeah, the last gotcha. Assassin's Creed didn't do right. this. Or the one before the last one. I can't remember. Unity, Unity was the one before yeah. the last one. Unity had all the problems. Hard. Yep. Yeah, it had the, uh, the face melting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, which sounds really cool if you're referencing, like, a metal band. This yeah. is face <laughs> melting. Assassin's but, uh, Creed metal. Yeah, when yeah. we're talking about Assassin's Creed, it doesn't really fit the same. I so. have I have Unity, and it's extremely frustrating. It's, it's extremely frustrating. Oh my gosh, it's one of the most broken games I've ever played in my life. Crazy. That's it's wild. Bad. Yeah, that's wild. Because uh, like whenever they announced that one, I was like, oh my gosh, this looks good. They've you know they've recreated uh, they've recreated Paris. What was it? Paris. 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, but and it's tra- also broken as crap. The trailer had a Lord song in it um, that was actually from the Hunger Games uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. movies. Hmm. So amazing. That trailer is still like, it's burned in my brain as an amazing trailer. There, is, there should be just a completely separate thing for like awesome trailers of things. <laughs> um, and a colossal yeah, letdown. That totally should be like a, an award. Like it should be an award ceremony for great, greatest trailers this year. And we should give out it's awards. It's based on the... the- the contrast of like how good your trailer is versus how <laughs> yeah. terrible the actual product exactly, is. Exactly. Where it's like, well, they took this piece of garbage <laughs> and made it look amazing. Yeah. 
So uh, you, you definitely deserve an award. Anyway, so <laughs> CEO uh, Gilmont says, the relaunch of the division is a tremendous achievement for Ubisoft and demonstrates our unrivaled capacity to create fantastic new game brands and transform them into entertainment blockbusters. They didn't actually provide numbers, though, so we don't have hard sales numbers. Right. They just have just said that it's a lot. <laughs> but Watch Dogs sold like $4 million in its first week or something crazy, yeah. and it's already it's surpassed that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so on to some other news. Everybody's heard Chris and I talk about VR. We've mm-hmm. heard us talk about mm-hmm. the PlayStation VR event, which will take place next week, next Tuesday on the 15th of March. And so on the podcast next week, we'll be breaking down the event and talking about it. But I did want to get your take on VR. First of all, are you interested in VR? Have you tried VR or anything like that? What, what, what interest level do you, both of you sit at as far as virtual reality goes? I'm extremely interested in it. I've seen some people stream on Twitch using it. I've watched some YouTube videos of people using it. Um, It seems uh, unimaginably immersive. So like when I'm watching them play, I don't, my brain doesn't connect why they're, why they're so into it. So Hmm. I can only imagine like once you put that thing on and it kind of encloses you into that world. Yeah. uh, Like I watched a grown man crumble to tears because he was playing some horror game yeah like literally just started sobbing oh, and i man. was like oh my gosh this is this is ridiculous yeah uh, i watched a girl stream uh alien isolation oh my god oculus rift and i mean she was she was on the verge of like having a panic attack uh so i was like uh i think it's extremely interesting i think the biggest problem right now is that they're selling uh they're selling it as a peripheral yeah and it's it's a peripheral that costs more than the thing costs to run it. Sometimes, yeah. you know. And so, so that's what we've been talking about on the podcast is like the prices of the Vive and of uh, of Oculus yeah. mm-hmm. being just exorbitantly priced things. And especially whenever you consider that it takes a high end PC to actually run it, you know, like a thousand dollar PC yep. to yep. actually run these things. And so, not only are you talking about the the device being eight hundred dollars for the Vive, um, which has like some additional technology where you put up like lasers in the room for like room tracking. So if you have like a ten foot room that's just empty in your house. It's going to be the best experience ever, but who has a 10 foot room that's just empty in their house? Welcome to my VR room. Exactly. I feel like that's what everyone's going to have. Like, oh, we're doing an addition to the house over there. It's going to be the VR lounge. There's Um, nothing in it. And then, uh, and then, so then the Oculus is $600. And so, you know, so these things are like $1,800 and and $1,600 if you include the price of a PC. So if you're getting into this fresh, it's going to be that. Um, but for we haven't really gotten the price on the PlayStation VR yet. I've been hoping that it's a little bit more reasonably expensive. But even if it's the same price as either of those, it's still cheaper because the console itself is cheaper than a high-end PC. Right. You know, so. Yep. Um, but we'll find out next week. But this week, uh, a Sony exec in a interview with actually it's a huge, awesome, uh, long. Polygon article um, from Polygon.com, and they did a, uh, a basically a deep dive into where PlayStation VR kind of came from and the the minds behind it, what the strategy was, and uh, it's it's a super interesting article. Everybody should read it. I'll post it on StandTargetPodcast.com. But uh, it, one of the most interesting things, it actually came from PlayStation Move. You guys remember PlayStation oh, Move, yeah. where mm-hmm. they had the the little ball attached yeah, ping pong to ball. Yeah. yeah to, to <laughs> the uh, to the basically a Wiimote. Um, right, mm-hmm. it kind of looked like that, um, but. It came from that the ability to track those so well they basically mm-hmm. the original prototype was they put those into like a helmet 
and they could track your face and track mm. like where your head was at. Mm. And I'm moving my head here in the room, <laughs> and, and I guarantee that's going to sound awesome on the podcast uh, audio podcast. So, uh, but they would put these the moves on your head and be able to track your head. And so that's kind of where the initial kind of prototype was was for this. Yeah. Um, but an executive uh, from PlayStation says, let me see, let me find the actual quote in the article here, um, basically gives alludes to maybe who the audience is for this, potentially what the price range would be, and uh, and what they're looking to achieve from this this uh, this device. Okay. PlayStation executive vice president Masayasu Ito said, PlayStation VR's biggest advantage over competing platforms is that it works with a PS4. He also says, this is not for the person who uses a high-end PC. It's for the mass market. So, Mm -hmm. implying that the PlayStation VR potentially could be um, more reasonably priced than its competitors. He also implies in the article, let me see, he says, the device has to be, quote, has to be easy to use and has to be affordable. And so, I mean, it seems like we're kind of leaning towards a, like at least less expensive than the others, mm-hmm. less yeah. expensive than $800 and $600 for this device. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I'm not sure if he, he may be even thinking about just the overall package. If you were going to get into this today, it would be um, it would be less expensive than the high-end PC and the Oculus or high-end right. PC and mm-hmm. the Vive. So I don't know. It, it depends on what, what kind of... Uh, what kind of package he's talking about whenever he's talking about yeah. this. So um, just to, just to give an alternate perspective here, it, some of it, like when he says this is for the mass market, it's not for high end. What did he say? What was he the terminology? The, the actual quote is, this is not for the person who uses a high end PC. Okay. It's for the mass market. Uh, if you think about other game systems that were not for the high end user, mm-hmm. like the Wii. Wii yep. yep. And how they basically just took a GameCube yeah, yeah, and yeah. resold it as a new console. Yeah. So, what that says to me, and it, I might be wrong, but just to give a glass half empty approach to this, yeah, <laughs> because we can definitely like he could that could be you know, uh, sly speak for like, eh, the graphics aren't going to be that good. Yeah, I mean, and that's mm. that's definitely possible. In fact, later on in the article, I think it was a little bit uh, way down there here, he says that the Oculus actually may have better VR, but it requires a very expensive, fast PC. So it, he's he's saying basically that there's you know they're going to be competing basically on the overall install base um, that they're going to be reaching out for all these things. So we'll mm-hmm. find out on Tuesday next week what this actually means as far as like hard and fast numbers. I would hope. I would hope they announce the price. I hope they release the price and the um, release date, my hope, my hope is like $400. You know, like that's yeah. like, like that yeah. seems like a really good price point. If you get up into the five, like close to $500, that's, that's expensive. But then again, Xbox one did launch with a $500 price tag. Right. Um, yep. Sony in the past with like PlayStation three, didn't they launch that sucker with like a $600 price tag or something like that? It was a, it, I feel like it was, it was, it was up there. It was super yeah, expensive at first. And then they dropped the price pretty, pretty close to where it, when it launched, they realized that it was too expensive. So they ha- don't have necessarily the greatest track record with launching things at a, uh, a reasonable price or what they consider right. what we would consider reasonable may not be what they would consider, you know, mass market reasonable, right. mm-hmm. but hopefully this, this is uh, this is good news for people who would like to experience VR and yeah. don't have, uh, you know, $1,600 or $1,800 uh, just chilling, burning a hole in, yeah. our, mm-hmm. in our pants pockets. And not that that's not an admirable approach, right. ad- admirable approach to, to do that with like, you know, let's say they do, you know, 
let's say it is a peripheral for PlayStation 4 and it has to cut the resolution in half in order to work. Right. Like, the Wii was an incredibly well-selling mm-hmm. console yeah. and it, it revived gaming. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, for, for, for literally, quite a lot of people. Literally everyone and their mother yeah. had one. That you was know, the first time your mom bought a game console. <laughs> you know what's really funny? Yeah. We, we never got one. Like, I, I, I <laughs> never had a Wii. And well, like, probably because all your friends had them. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly why. Because, like, whenever we would go, like, it was like, oh, well, what would you play on? Oh, I'm going to play like Wii Sports. I'm going to yeah. play like uh, the Zelda game. But, like, I would go over to friends' houses yep. and I would play them there. Yeah. And so it's like, because everyone had them, I didn't need one. I mean, if you yep. can get your dad to put on a VR headset and enjoy himself, like, then yeah. you, you sold a console. Yeah. Like, that's true. Yep. And I think that's the thing, you know, I think that's that's what VR really needs is a is a solid install base because that'll get good software out for it. Yeah. That'll, you know, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. it's nice to have the fresh perspectives here. Um, here's a question for you guys. Yeah. Do, do obviously you guys uh do you guys have PC or not PC PlayStations or anything like that? I don't know. You guys both do Xbox stuff with uh with me and yep. Chris. Correct. Yep. But uh but do either of you own a uh, a PlayStation? No. Nope. Okay. So would you there's two questions I have then. Would you purchase a PlayStation and a VR headset um, potentially? Like, is that something that you might possibly do? Not as long as Chris has one. Okay, so you can just go over to his house <laughs> yeah. and play it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, if, if, you were, uh, if you did own a PlayStation already, and what, at what price point would you be like, this is a no-brainer, I'm going to buy it? If it was less oh, than man. the PlayStation. That's, that's where I was going to go. Like, yeah. it's, like, it feels like it's got to be less than the price of the base console. Interesting. Yeah. And that would, that would make sense. Like you said earlier, it would be, um, for the peripheral yeah. to out, yep. you know, outweigh the cost of the actual console. Seems a little bit strange. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out all will be revealed on Tuesday and we will break it down on the podcast next week. That's the news. 10 Cloverfield lane. Mm. Yet again, we're going to go into a spoiler-free version, and we'll give a substantial spoiler uh, countdown, because I know this movie especially, it seems like the uh, people who are interested in this movie especially, mm-hmm. um, very sensitive to spoilers. Um, so yep. we will leave all of the spoilers in our pockets for now, and then later on we will bring out all of the spoiler and uh, and throw it all over the room. Yep. All right. So how do you feel? Just Just got out of the movie? I think you, you said it best. What did you say when, oh, we, when was, we walked out? It was intense. Yeah. Somebody like said it, it was a ride. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like a ride. Yeah. It was, it, uh, it was very it was very weighty, even just from the beginning. Like, yeah. There's just this the tone right from the start. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little more psychological than the first movie was. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, then, so it's not like a direct sequel, first of all. Like, and that, that was interesting because whenever... Um, I guess this the really weird thing for me was like the secretiveness of this yeah. movie. Yeah. Because didn't like it, I, this wasn't on my radar at all until what was it like two months ago maybe mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Um. And then they reveal the name and because it had a, like a completely different name, there were people actors and uh, who were who were interviewing for this movie. Whenever it had a, like a completely different name, and mm-hmm. then uh, and then whenever the first trailer came out, it revealed it as a Cloverfield movie. Right. Yep. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Confession. Like I, I didn't watch the first Cloverfield until the, the trailer for this one came out. That's wild, dude. <laughs> so then we watched Cloverfield over a couple of, couple of lunches at work. Yeah. I want to. I want to walk softly because I, I don't. I don't know what people are would consider a spoiler, but like. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, 
I think J.J. Abrams has been pretty open about the fact that this is not a direct sequel. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and we've discussed here before that we don't, we didn't, you know, we don't really know um, or di- didn't really know going into this thing. And and uh, and I won't reveal whether it's one way or another, whether it was actually um, in the universe of the, the original Cloverfield movie, or if he just views the Cloverfield line as like a tonal thing, as yeah. like um, a, a storytelling device or whatever. Um, and so, because he's a big fan of like the Twilight Zone uh, right. show, we've discussed mm-hmm. that before, where Twilight Zone episodes they're vastly different. They deal with vastly different things. They don't, they don't happen in the same really universe at all, right. but yeah. they feel the same. Like they feel right. there's one through line that is just the same and it that just has psychological the kind of twisted slightly yeah. horror, but not really. Yeah. Right. Like that, that intensity almost yeah. that edge of your seat stuff. Um, yeah. I have, so, I have some stuff to yeah. say in the spoiler section about continuity and all that stuff. And anyway, so as far as, as far as this movie goes, as, I mean, no, no spoilers. I really enjoyed, uh, enjoyed going to see it. It was, it was intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was intense without being like super overly like graphic. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. it was, yep. it, and, and that, I liked that about it. It almost was like a mystery esque kind of thing. Yes. I think it, I mean, it, it pushed the, per, the PG 13 boundary. Oh yeah, for sure. As for far sure. as like, like graphic content goes, I think, uh, it definitely was like, man, if we go one step further, like we're in some pretty like risky territory as far as getting, you know, an R rating and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah. I thought that uh, uh, there was a very well, well-placed F word at the yeah. end of the movie that I thought was just yeah. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I love a good, I love a good, just one F word yeah. in a PG 13 movie. <laughs> like if you just have to put it in, you better use it right. Yeah. And they used it right. Yep. For um, sure, dude. For sure. For me, like whenever we went into the movie, I I went on complete kind of blackout, media blackout on yeah. this thing after seeing the first part of the second trailer. Yeah. Um, because the first part of the second trailer revealed something that I really didn't necessarily want to know going yeah. into the movie, mm. and I was like, well, I wish I didn't know that. Um, and so I just kind of like no nothing more. And then uh, I'm glad that I did that. I'm not sure what else. I'm pretty sure there's nothing else that really would have been revealed. Um, yeah. but going in that way was very interesting for me. Like it, it, I go into a lot of movies that way, but this one specifically, it really was like a ride because I had no clue, no clue, not even a theory about, about some things in it. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't really have a clue either. Um, uh, I do want to, I do want to kind of mention, uh, John Goodman and just like his character, uh, his, his ability to play that role. I've, so I've been watching a lot of Roseanne on Netflix right now. Um, I've always loved John Goodman. I think he's one of the most versatile actors. Yep. Uh, and for him to start off on a, on a comedy, like a, a situation comedy show like Roseanne and then go into stuff like Argo and all these other things yeah. that he's done where he's like just nailing it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he, at the same time always kind of plays that, that rough dude. That's always kind of like, you know, when he has to get something done, his mouth will solve the problem or else. And if mm-hmm. that doesn't work, then your face is going to get wrecked. Mm-hmm. Like that's John Goodman, you know, imposing presence. Yeah. Right. But then I felt like in this movie, he did such a good job of kind of playing this like slightly off hillbilly. Mm-hmm. Like I'd never seen him play that. And he kind of yeah. changed his voice a little bit to mm-hmm. be like, he had like a slight lisp and all this stuff. And he was almost like uh pathetic in a way. But yeah, like, and I in think, a very creepy way. Yeah. Like, and I think I think the uh, the character definitely is presented in 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 terms like that, where like it's 
and, and again, without 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 spoiling anything, yeah. it's really interesting and very well played, very subtle um, things that he does uh, in the performance. And I thought that everybody did an incredibly good job. It was, it was a cast of uh, at the end. Whenever yeah. you include um, other things, it was a very small <laughs> cast. It was a cast yep. of what was it? Eight, eight, yeah. eight, eight, uh, eight people, the people and, on the radio. So yeah. it's a very kind of enclosed thing, which also would be why they were able to kind of keep this mm-hmm. uh, keep right. this secret. Very small cast, um, and an incredible. Uh, incredible directorial debut um by uh dan trachtenberg and like it's it's amazing to me where this movie goes and uh and and then as far as uh mary elizabeth winstead she did an incredibly Mm -hmm. good job being the protagonist like where um you just really are rooting for 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 these people in this thing and you're very much like you don't really know what's going on through through a lot of it and it, the subtleties are very much uh, there in all yep. of the performances. Um, uh, John Gallagher Jr., great job as well. So everybody did an incredible job as far as the acting goes. And, and uh, having such a small cast, and, uh, and, and it helps with that because you have a lot of screen time. Yep. So you really have to be like kind of on your game. And, it's, and, and, uh, and all of them very much delivered it. Um, Something else I wanted to mention was the music in this thing. Yes. Um, Bear McCreary composed the music, and then there were some other uh, kind of licensed music that they kind of pulled in. And each moment, whether there was music there, whether there was licensed music there, whether there was nothing there, it all fed into the same kind of tone, that heavy, mm-hmm. dark, thick kind of tone. Bear McCreary, is, uh, it, he's, he does The, the Walking Dead, um, mm-hmm. Black Sails, did Battlestar Galactica. That's where I, I first started following him. Um, and such an incredibly um, deep, I would say, uh, soundtrack on this thing that it really played really well on screen. Uh, yeah, again, there were moments that were super intense because there was nothing there, yes. or because there's he's really great, especially in like Walking yeah. Dead, and and here with these like droning kind of moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That uh, that build and rise, and, and you're like, man, why am I on the edge of yeah. my seat right now? They're just walking yeah. down a hallway. I'm like, no the one is saying anything. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. it's just they're just you know they're just looking at each other. Especially like I said on The Walking Dead, it'll be just they're just looking at each other. Yeah. Why do I feel super like on the edge? And it's it inevitably is the soundtrack. Yeah, and uh, so he does an incredibly good job with that. So I'll offer like a little different perspective on the music. For me, I felt like at times I was kind of being manipulated by the music. Mm. Uh, and I don't know, maybe that's maybe to some people that's kind of like a good thing. Cause it kind of kept you like, oh, I don't know what's going on. And it definitely does that. It definitely yeah. keeps mm-hmm. you like, why it, it, the movie wants me to be scared right now. Why does it want me to be scared? But yeah. like at the same time, like because I'm so analytical when I'm watching a film, like mm. I'm going to this place of like, why are they playing music right now? Like, I know what's happening. I'm complete. I, I visually, I visually understand everything that's going on. I, yeah. I've com- I'm comprehending the plot as it's happening. Why are you overplaying this? Like it was almost kind of like, uh, you know, some people made the complaint about interstellar where it was just like pounding you with this music all mm. the time. And I, I don't think it did that here, but it was that kind of same feeling of like, it's they are really trying to make me feel something here. Yeah. 
and I don't want to fall for it if it's some kind of gag. <laughs> I don't want to be an idiot here. Yeah, and I, but, think, I think that's that's the kind of uh, that's the balance, and that that may be some of the risk that you run whenever you do some of the intense stuff, where yeah. it's like it's it's a it's a tense um, tense music. It's like, well, am I getting tricked here? Because I always feel like that in in a lot of uh, a lot of horror esque yeah. kind mm-hmm. of films, where it's like, well, is this just going to be like a jump scare? Like, what's yeah. what's happening here? You know, are yeah. we going to turn around and there's oh my god? You know, yeah. like, and so the, I can I can see I can see that that perspective for I felt, sure. I felt there were a handful of moments that would have benefited better if they were handled more in a silent hmm. uh like an eerie silence mm, rather than just this music that was like building and building and building and building as we like pull into the character and i'm like really could have just like just the sound of their breath would have made me on the edge of my seat i didn't need like some kind of droning bass and like drums and all that, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's a few moments where they did some of that, where they, you know, you hear the, just the, the jingle of some keys or something like mm-hmm. that. And oh man. It helped build the tension too. Yeah. You guys ready to say, see it, don't see it. Sure. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? Uh, I think if you haven't seen the first Cloverfield, I think you should see it. Hmm. Uh, if you don't like it, like, or if you start to feel like you're going to vomit, <laughs> rest assured this movie has none of that yeah uh no shaky cam nothing like that uh i think i think it's just a really fun movie like yeah i i look forward to showing it to my wife and just watching her get scared out of her mind yeah and, and i think uh, i think thinking about it now like you're right that there is kind of a hard uh pg-13 on this like yeah. where it's like you know don't if if Oh, there's some scary yeah, images in this, and, and yeah. definitely movie. you know, and it's very intense. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, if you are, if you're in your mind going, this might be too intense for me, or it might be too scary for me, then it probably will be. You know, you it, it probably you, will be. Yeah, if you can't watch The Walking Dead, and that not, I'm not spoiling anything, but just graphically speaking, if you can't watch The Walking Dead, right? This is, I feel like maybe a couple steps below walking dead in some of the shots. Yeah. Right. Some of the, j- just in the tone and the feeling of it. Yeah. So if you get anxious about the, like, yeah. yeah, maybe stay away from this yeah. one, but I mean, it definitely, there's some nail biting moments in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think, yeah. Aaron? Yeah. I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, like I said, I mean, I hadn't seen the first Cloverfield or I guess Cloverfield, or, you know, this is not a sequel. Um, I hadn't seen it until a couple months ago. And so, um, uh, yeah, I w- it was really good. I, I mean, I thought it was uh, the tension was was good. Um, I could definitely I f- felt anxious the whole time. Yeah, um, which is kind of weird to recommend something that makes you feel anxious for <laughs> you know an hour and forty five minutes. But um, yeah, like it didn't. It wasn't on the like the same level you know, graphically as as Walking Dead, but like just the tension. Like, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Something horrible could happen at any time. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, I definitely say, you know, if you can go into this having not seen the other. And so like right. if, if, again, if, if you, uh, if you just are interested in this film, if like the, the trailer kind of stood out to you and it's like, well, but I haven't seen, I haven't seen Cloverfield, you yeah. know, uh, as we discussed, not a direct sequel. Don't need to see it. Um, yeah. So I would say go see this movie. Yep. Um, again, if, if, if not for the faint of heart in some ways, but, uh, but go see this movie for sure. Yep. All right, guys, we're counting down on the spoiler clock. The spoiler clock is about to happen. Are you guys ready with your spoilers? So ready. Yes. All right, so if uh, it, if you don't want to be spoiled, if you haven't seen this movie yet, turn it off, because we're going to be spoiling big things right off the bat. So we're going to spoil something in three, two, one. Aaron, throw out a spoiler. <gasps> there are aliens. <gasps> 
That's amazing. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, or something <laughs> like that. We think. Some, Hashtag we think. Some, <laughs> some previously unknown creature thing. Alien dog wolf. So <laughs> metal scales. yeah, that was uh, that was rather interesting as far as uh, as far as the Indian goes. I didn't know where we were going. Like I didn't yeah. know if 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 whenever she uh, so we're full spoilers right here. But yeah. whenever she comes up out of the bunker, <laughs> yeah. having all of that stuff kind of happen, and I didn't know if it was just going to end there. Like yeah. come up out of the thing. You know, realize it, and then there are numerous moments where it could have just cut to yep. black, and it would have been fine. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was, was there was that it. moment um, whenever she kind of comes up, and it's like, oh my gosh, she's free! You know, and, and it mm-hmm. reminds me of uh, of of what's the uh, oh what's the Netflix movie with the uh, Indiana mole women? Um, oh, uh, it, Kimmy Schmidt. Yes, yeah. uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which is a great show. Everyone should go check out. Yeah. Um, but it kind of reminded me of like, oh my gosh, I'm free. And then that's the end, you know, yeah. whereas uh, <laughs> I could totally have seen that happening. Yeah. And then yep. again, whenever she takes off the gas mask, I was like, okay, we're done. Yep. You know? Yeah. And then we introduced the uh, the craziness where things mm-hmm. start exploding and it gets the attention of the aliens or supposedly yeah. like we, we would we would assume um, the, the tentacled ships. Um, <laughs> And yeah, then it just keeps going from there. Yeah. So that's why I say it was like a very, very satisfying ending for me is that we didn't really leave a ton of loose ends, but it was a very compact uh, story. And uh, well, I mean, you you don't know who the aliens are. You don't know why they're there. You don't know what's going on. But that's, I think that's what JJ Abrams wants Mm -hmm. in a quote unquote Cloverfield movie. He wants to take a huge event yeah. Like the destruction yeah. of Manhattan by an alien monster that's fifty stories tall, yeah. or an invasion of some like like uh, semi robotic aliens that float around and drop off alien dogs that suck your face off. Like he wants to take something like that yeah. and then go. Just imagine what's happening right here. Yeah. yeah, like just in this tiny little section of the farm country, some. A uh, murderous psychopath is keeping two people in his bunker <laughs> while an alien oh invasion gosh. is happening. Yep. Like gosh. that's that's Cloverfield. Yeah, and I think uh, even though these stories are completely different and the um, the way it's told is completely different, mm-hmm. when you like the feeling I have watching this movie is the same feeling I have watching the first movie. Right. Like mm-hmm. you're just you're just along for the ride. You take it at face value and you just enjoy it. If you try to analyze it and try to think through it and make it all sci-fi and all this, it's you're not gonna have a good time. Yeah. It's not gonna be fun for you. Yeah. I mean, and and so that's you know, that's part of what I loved about about the emotional roller coaster of this thing is like, man, anything could happen. Any of these characters could die at any time. And uh in whenever whenever oh, what is his name? Uh Emmett. Yeah. yeah. It dies. It's super sudden. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, you, you don't see that coming. I totally no. didn't didn't see it coming. Uh, well, until he until John Goodman says I forgive you. And I was like, well, he's dead. <laughs> it's over right now. I didn't, there- I didn't even see that thing. No, I thought, oh, I thought man. because he's such he's, a weirdo. Yeah, like, he's so like Kathy it. Bates in uh what was that movie that she did with James Conn? Or is that his name? Um, uh, the author with the, uh, the yeah, King. Uh, what misery. Yeah. Misery. You know where it's like, you yeah. just have to satisfy her. And she's like, Oh, you yeah. stop it. As she like, after she just like broke your legs in half, yeah. you know? And so I thought oh, he's kind of like that. So it's like, you know, he appeases him and he's like, I just want to be like you. And so I just yeah. want to keep her in line. And he was like, I forgive you. And I was like, oh, oh man, yeah, they, right. they, they yeah. worked it out. And then he's like, <laughs> boom, and just caps him in the yeah. head. And I'm like, oh, no, he's done. He's done being like 
forgiving. He's done. Oh, good. Yeah, he's going to put the lid back on the giant barrel of acid. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, like, it, oh, my gosh. And, like, it, you you really just don't know what to think. Like, whenever it happened, I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, this dude's just insane. Is he going to kill her now just yeah. because, you know, all this? they were friends or whatever because, you know. But um, whenever it's basically – that was what he wanted all along. He was basically just trying to look for an excuse almost to uh, to get rid of this guy or get yeah. him out of because mm-hmm. he, he, he makes the comment, oh, this is, this is how it was supposed to be from the beginning. Um, I, I also wonder in a way – if him kidnapping her basically just happened to coincide with this event and it wasn't anything, you know, with, with the, the, uh, had nothing to do with him trying to rescue her and, and, and feeling guilty about the, he was just trying to kidnap her, but then it's just so happened that while he was kidnapping her, Emmett runs along and, and breaks into the, the bunker. And so it gives him a good excuse to basically have kidnapped her. Well, I think, Um, I think he's, I mean, if we want to really analyze him, I think what what has happened from what we've kind of learned about him is like his family deserts him. Yeah. He had an attachment to his daughter that has been taken away from him. And now he searches for that in random women that he mm-hmm. comes across. And that girl that went Whoa. missing that he murdered yeah. was kind of... You know, yeah, it was a prototype. Yeah, basically, you know? yeah, basically, uh, he's he's searching for a replacement in a way, uh, yeah, for for what he's lost, and and uh, and it's it's horrifying. That's just yeah. terrible, and like that's where the tagline of uh, of of this movie kind of comes to play, where it's like you know the. Uh, Monsters come in all sizes or yep. all forms, as it was. Yeah, monsters come in many forms. When he's looking at her through the grate after she pushes him into the stuff, and and he looks up at her through the vent. As she's walking along and he's like, I forget what he says to her, but like his voice is all messed up. Yeah. And I was like, dude, he's the monster. Yeah. Yeah. He's the monster. Yeah. There's a a Mm -hmm. friend of mine, Ben, who I was talking to, I guess it was, uh, it was today. I was, uh, and and he said, he's like, yeah, he's like, this, this movie should, should be just called. He's like, cause we don't know. We don't even know if there's a monster in it. We don't even know if it's in the same universe as Cloverfield. It could just be in this house. He's like, this movie should be called. John Goodman is the monster yeah. or it's like 10 Cloverfield lane colon John Goodman is the monster. Yeah. You know? And I was like, yeah, they should just put that on the, uh, the like change the name retroactively yeah. on the DVD release, yeah. you know, like they did for uh, what was it? Edge Live, of tomorrow. Li- yeah. yeah. Live to repeat Live. edge of tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so, this title didn't work. Just put a new one on. <laughs> exactly. You know, so, so this like it really was that. And so about the film structure, like the story structure of this thing. Yeah. Um, as things were happening, it was like, okay, so she is, she's running away, and then we have something crazy that happens here where she gets in a wreck, and then she's captured. We don't know whether to trust this guy. We don't know whether to trust this guy. Mm-hmm. We realize, okay, maybe he's telling the truth. Everything's good right in the middle of the movie. Right. Then yep. we follow the exact opposite of that on the way to the finish of the movie where, Oh gosh, I don't know if I can trust this guy because there's other things that are, you know, are appearing here mm-hmm. that I don't, I don't understand and don't know what to think about. And then you kind of get into the section where you're like, I, I'm pretty darn sure I can't trust this guy and we're plotting against him again. Yep. And then we get into, it all just goes crazy. Yeah. And then we get aliens. into, she's on the run again. And even yeah. like the shots that, uh, that, that we, we have, represent this where it's like you know even at the very beginning we have the first um where she leaves and grabs the bottle grabs the 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 bottle of alcohol mm-hmm. yeah. and then in the 
final act of the action where we introduce, okay, so now she's okay. She's on there. We're using that same bottle to take out the aliens. And yeah. so it's like all of these things kind of appear in the reverse order almost of how they appeared earlier. Yeah. Um, where even the, the first time we, we have her ascending the stairs and then, you know, doing that whole thing and then, you know, coming back from there and going upstairs and do it. So you have this kind of mirror image of the movie, you know, in the middle in a way. Yeah. And I just, I, I appreciated that whenever it was happening where everything, every single thing, cause I, I didn't even remember the bottle. I just was like, Oh, it's a character moment. It's a character building moment where it's like, Oh, she's in at that bad of a, well, cause a it's, place. yeah, it's, it's put in with, you know, a shot of a thimble and a shot of all her, like her, uh, her clothing stuff. And yeah. so you're just, okay, we're building a profile for her. Right. Like maybe she's got an alcohol and, problem. I don't know. You know, <laughs> and, and it's like things that are valuable to her as well. You know, everything yeah. is valuable save for the ring. You know, she yeah. takes out a lot of stuff and, and she had uh, her her uh, designs for the, um, you know, her design book and, yep. and all this stuff that meant a lot to her. Yeah. And the only thing that didn't mean a lot to her was a ring and she left that behind, but she takes this bottle. And so like at the end of the movie, whenever she throws this bottle, it doesn't seem like, oh, there was just a random bottle of, uh, of liquor here that she she can make a Molotov cocktail out of and throw <laughs> it at the alien. It, it paid off because it was like, no, she brought this. This was, this was her. Um, I appreciated that about, about, about the movie. Yeah. Um, little piece of trivia as we, as I was looking at IMDb, uh, her boyfriend is played by Bradley Cooper. That, I he, saw that. That's the, awesome. In the, in the, the, uh, the credits, credits at the end. Yeah. 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 I was like, that random voice that we just heard like on one phone call. <laughs> yeah. Like that was Bradley Cooper. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Well, it totally sells the whole like, Oh, come on, come back here. You know, yeah. you know, it's kind of, he really sells that kind of like manipulative kind of uh, person, to, yeah. you know? And so, um, yeah, it just makes sense. It makes <clears> sense <throat> that you would be like, Oh, it's, it's Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Of course it is. Who yeah. else would play this role? Yeah. Um, so as far as, uh, as far as the alien side of things, do you want to go into any theories you have about how does this potentially tie into the original Cloverfield? Um, I have an idea. Okay. So I read an article where JJ Abrams talked about his plans for the Cloverfield, which is now franchise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cloverfield franchise. So, uh, you've got the first movie, you've got this alien that, uh, if you watch closely at the end of the movie, actually falls from the sky, lands in the ocean. Uh, did you know about that? Mm -hmm. Are you sure it was the alien falling from the sky? I thought that, that he had claimed that it was a satellite falling from the sky. Oh, really? I don't know. I thought that he had claimed it was the Russian satellite falling from the sky. Um, oh, I don't know. At the, at the end of the movie. But why would continue. it be a... Why would it be a satellite? I, I, that was the thing as everybody was like, it was the monster. It's a monster. It's, it's the monster. That's where it came from. That's where it came from. And then somebody was like, I think it was JJ was like, oh, I, I, that's not what it is. Is there a satellite reference somewhere else? In yeah. The no, there isn't because it's a found footage film and there's so many questions because you don't get the, you don't yeah. get the 30,000, you know, foot view or anything of the, of okay. the story. But well, I, will, anyways, I will confirm that I'm correct here because I could be completely wrong. So continue with your theory. Yeah. So, anyways, <clears throat> Monster Destroys Manhattan. We have to rebuild Manhattan. Great. Uh, this movie takes place, uh, according to some of the, the clues in the footage, maybe a few months ago. Uh, the, the sticker on her car said July of 2015. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was uh, looking for a date on that train ticket, but I don't think I, I couldn't find it in time. Yeah. Uh, she had like a, a parking permit thing or something like I that. I didn't even think to <laughs> yeah. look for the date. And, uh, so you guys are both geniuses <laughs> in my right now. Uh, and so, um, it's a, it's within the realm of possibility 
that these movies are connected. And here's why I think so. I think uh, in, in the article I read, JJ Abrams said I, that he wants to make more movies. He already has ideas for a third Cloverfield movie and he would like to make a, a good long string of these Cloverfield movies throughout his career. Uh, that if he's, his words were like, if we're lucky enough to get to make all these, I would like for there to be some kind of payoff in the end. Hmm. Interesting. And so, uh, I don't know if you use the word payoff, but he kind of alluded to like, there's going to be something like, I want there to be some kind of thread, yeah. but he wasn't clear about like, you know what it was, but if there is a thread, my thought is, is there a possibility that this Cloverfield monster that they sent was like a scout hmm. in the first movie? Mm-hmm. Right. So he's like a scout and he, or she or whatever it was shows up and just like maybe, um, either as a scout or he's um, lost or something like that. Cause mm. the, the feel you get from that monster is like, where am I? What is yeah. going on? Why are people shooting me? Kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, then you've got this movie. These are the, the ones coming in and being like, what the crap, man, you messed with their dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, what did he do to you? you yeah. Know? <laughs> and so they come in and they pretty much wipe us out. Yeah. You know, well, that's what was wild about this one is, is that, you know, I, I, I was trying to figure out, trying to place, the time of all of this, like how long did this take? How, what was the, over what, uh, span of time yeah. is this? Yeah. And it, I, because they reference it in the movie, you know, so they point it out, they point out, Oh, you're not going to be able to tell how much time it is because we're in a bunker. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it, Emmett mentions that very early on, like first conversation that, that she has with him. And, and he says, okay, so it's, it, eh, it's kind of hard to tell how long we've been down here. And it was very hard during the movie because they don't change very much. And I guess you wouldn't in that situation, right. you would just wear what you're wearing and, you know, conserve water, that sort of thing to, so you don't shower that often. But it was hard for me to tell how long it had taken place. So how long was it until the entire world was taken over, um, by these creatures? How long, um, like could that monster have just been the, the initial, like that's the first thing that happened. And then everything else, the full scale invasion kind of happens the next day or happens within hours or, or whatever. Um, it's so it's very strange to me as far as like that goes. Like I can't I can't quite grasp at what time. What was the time frame? What was the date on the uh, the original movie? When did uh, that take place? Well, whenever the movie came out, which I think was like two thousand eight. Yeah. What was there a date on the uh, on the actual camera? Like on the actual found footage of that? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember what it can, was though. I don't know if it gave it. a year though. It might not. I remember have. It, it saying like the first shot says like April something at the bottom of it, but I don't remember it giving a date. It might've though. Yeah. I think like my theory is, you know, they are part of kind of the same invasion, if you will. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like John Goodman's character makes a, makes a reference in the, in the movie where, um, just talking about like from a, like nuclear Holocaust perspective, you know, the nukes are dropped on the major cities and then the second wave comes in and kind of cleans up the, the in-between spaces. Yeah. So to me, that's kind of like, the giant monster gets dropped on New York mm-hmm. and then subsequently, who knows, maybe other large cities. Yeah. And then these kind of scout ships fly around with their acid clouds and right. metal, metal dogs yeah. and yeah. Uh, kind of clean up the, I mean that the, the in between the, spaces. Yeah, the, the original Clover- movie took place in 2009. 
2009. And really? so if this movie takes place in 2015... Um, six years later. Six years later. So that even hmm. makes me question whether or not these two things are even in this. Like, because if New York just gets destroyed by something, yeah. it seems like it wouldn't be that big of a jump for someone to, you know, who who ends up in a bunker somewhere for it to be like, the world is ended. Yeah. You know, because it's like in the world that a monster, a giant monster, which maybe people have been, you know, maybe the government's been covering it up. Maybe we don't know. Uh, the, the general public just doesn't know about it uh, and just thinks, oh, big disaster happened in New York. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I mean, you would you would assume that it wouldn't be that big of a jump to be like, oh, the world has ended. And well, yeah, if Manhattan you know, got destroyed by a huge alien, I'd right. probably build a bunker in my yeah. backyard. <laughs> yeah, because they kind of look at like they kind of look at Howard like he's crazy whenever mm-hmm. he starts talking about aliens. So it's like I don't think they necessarily know. But if he was potentially you know doing things with satellites in the uh, in in what was he in the Navy? Yeah. Um, and so maybe maybe that that's a connection that he has, uh, and yeah. so he knows about this 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 event that took place in New York. So I mean, there's there's definite possibilities with all that yeah and didn't they didn't they label the the cloverfield footage as like classified as you know right. part of the whole that's true beginning of the movie or the yeah because they found it, it in central park and yeah. stuff like that yeah that's wild dude just as far as the tone of the movie i uh i went in kind of expecting this movie to be mediocre yeah like i was just kind of like okay we first heard about this like two months ago. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just a really like under the radar kind of thing. Like <laughs> there's three people in it. Yeah. JJ Abrams was a tad bit busy doing something <laughs> else while this movie was being made. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't think it was going to be anything huge. I think the moment that sold me was the woman outside the bunker mm. at that. Like when that moment happened, yeah. I was like, dude, this is, this is real stuff right now. Yeah. Like, and that's what got me intrigued. Cause I was like, Oh man. And I think, I think that's what really got me intrigued. I think the alien thing, it's cool. Yeah. I don't know how necessary yeah. <laughs> it is to have an alien invasion. Right. Like when when John Goodman looks up through that that vent and stares at her and, and yells at her yeah. and his half his face is burnt off, you're like, okay, I get it. Like mm-hmm. I get the I get the mis- the mystery of who's the monster and what's wrong here. And like yeah. I get it. Like uh I don't need an alien invasion to validate everything that's been going on. Right. I mean, yeah. even, even to that point, you know, other than, other than the, uh, the, the woman outside that ended up, you know, trying to get in and things like that, which could have been any, uh, it could have been anything like he kept blaming the Russians. Like right. it could have been the Russians and I would have been right, fine yeah. with that. Right. I, I think, uh, that's where I kind of had to go. It's a Cloverfield movie. Right. It's just going to, there's going to be monsters. It's, yeah. that's how it is. Yeah. And like, <clears throat> it definitely has a distinct, like, uh, you have these through lines, like I said, of, of the kind of the plot points and things that like, where it goes after she gets out of the bunker. But again, like you said, if, if they remove that, it could have ended at any point. Exactly. After that. Yeah. And yeah. it would have felt fine. It would have yeah. felt, felt great. Um, as far as a, a film goes, but where they chose to end it, I kind of liked because there was this stark difference where you're in this bunker, you're in this very enclosed space, and for her character, where she's always run away from things, mm-hmm. um, and she escapes the bunker, you know, faces him down and 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 uh, and and defeats John Goodman, well, defeats Howard, yeah. but and and uh, escapes the bunker, and then she just drives off or or whatever. It's like for her character, she has run away and admittedly so has run away her entire life. And so that doesn't really satisfy necessarily that side of, of her story. So where it went after that, where she faces down, not only him 
and escapes, but then she faces down the uh, the the threat outside. She mm-hmm. she faces down the alien and you know succeeds. And I think at the end of that, whenever like you said, whenever whenever it's like, oh man, what's next? It's like there's just one thing after another for a while mm-hmm. there, but she keeps conquering, keeps surviving, keeps going. And then in the end, whenever it's just like, well, there's there's nothing less left to run from in this spot. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, what do I do now? And then so she just goes and then decides, man, I'm going to go and fight for something. And, and yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was a really nice way to end everything and wrap her character yeah. up in a, mm-hmm. uh, in a nice, uh, compact story. Um, but I think the only reason there are aliens in this movie is because it's the Cloverfield movie. Right. Like yeah. had it been like, I, I would love to see what the first script was before they had actually made it a Cloverfield franchise. Yeah. And like just to see, okay, did you have aliens in there from the beginning, or was that something that was like, okay, we're making this Cloverfield, we need to have some kind of monster or alien kind of like paranormal type thing? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I made it up, or I'm just thinking about. I want to say they were already into making it before they decided that it would be mm-hmm. like a Cloverfield movie. Yeah, it's like it, it could have just been. I think it's called the Bunker or something like that when they yeah. were like as one of the code names where they had for it. Like they could have called it that. Yeah, and just yeah. ended it when. She, you know, the bunker explodes and yeah. she's outside. Yeah. And like that would have been. Cause I mean, if you think about, let's, let's say it's called the bunker. Let's say Gigi Abrams didn't produce it. Mm-hmm. Right. We, mm-hmm. this dude just puts it out. You watch that movie and then all of a sudden you're like aliens. Yeah. yeah. Why? <laughs> I mean, I guess. Why is it aliens? Yeah. yeah. But then when you put Cloverfield on it, you're like, Oh, oh yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah aliens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, you're, you're 100 right. You could, you could basically take the ending of the movie and remove the aliens, put in almost anything else. Yeah. yeah. Almost anything else. You know, it's such um, an arbitrary, uh, plot point just to help her overcome her inner struggle. Right. Like, yeah. which to be honest with you, like I think about, the the alien films that or 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 alien storylines that I think about I'm like yeah those are great it isn't because they're aliens that those are great stories it's because they're great stories and they're just happen to be aliens yeah mm-hmm. you know I, I I think one of the movies that uh, that I I'm not a fan of was the what was it Cowboys versus Aliens <laughs> or whatever yeah and it, they made such a big deal about it being aliens and it's like oh it's aliens it's aliens it's aliens but it's alien technology but you know and and so they they you know kind of take this alien thing and uh and and shove it in your face and are like oh my gosh you know it's aliens and the story just didn't quite hold up because if you remove the aliens and put in almost anything else did that story really work yeah you know if it was just some mystical enemy you know like a a magical enemy it's like oh still not that good of a story yeah you know and then you know with with this one you could make it you know it could be almost anything it could be um it could be nothing you know it could be like it could be just a uh some sort of a a dust storm or some sort of like you know neurological attack or something i don't know And, and and it would still be a good story so the fact that it's aliens i mean if aliens turn you off to like a story then this probably, yeah, it wouldn't be good that it's aliens, but it doesn't really matter one way or the other in my mind. Yeah, it can almost be an afterthought at that point. Like, yeah. if you're really not, you know, you hear aliens, you're like, oh, I'm out. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's really, yeah, it's, it's at the end, and it's, yeah, it's not even a real huge plot point to it. So, I mean, I think, I think it's pretty much everything I had had thought about the movie and had to say, oh, one last thing. Um, slow moments. There were a few slow moments in the movie, yeah. early on especially, where I was like, man, this is intense, but it's mainly intense because if you were in a room with someone that's this small and you're just looking at them, yep. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, you could be doing almost anything, you know, and, and, and it would be an intense moment because it's like, uh, this is just a weird moment to just, you know, have, or this is a long time to be on screen and things like that. So there were moments like that with, uh, of interaction and things where it was like, there was this intent, you know, in, in intent, um, I guess intense. Uh, I was going to say intent intensity, but that doesn't make <laughs> any sense whatsoever, but there's this intensity about those, those interactions, but there were some moments where, um, where there's in between kind of those tense moments or whatever mm-hmm. that were a little bit, I felt like the pacing suffered just slightly where I was like, man, we could speed this up just ever so slightly. And I would be okay yeah. if these shots were just a tiny bit, you know, tiny bit shorter. I agree with you on that. I think, but I think that they did a really good job of presenting John Goodman's character as kind of this blank canvas. Mm. And then you slowly start to see his, his quote unquote true colors start to shine through. But it was almost kind of like, you're like, okay, maybe he's just shy. Oh no, maybe he's like, you know, he's kind of like, like, uh, kind of a creeper because maybe he Mm -hmm. has a crush on her. Like, no, now he's relating her to his daughter. Yeah. Okay, now he's got like a dead body in the yeah. in the attic, like, and so like as it's going along, you like start to peel back the layers, and you're like, oh, this guy's really sick. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's really messed up. So, are we ready to rate this thing? Ready. All yes. right. So, what do you rate this? We'll start with you, since you've run on the podcast before, okay. Josh. Uh, I thought about this. I'm gonna give it an eight. Yeah. I'm not not an not an eight point five. Yeah. I think it's a good solid eight. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think it's, I mean, it's not one of those movies that I'm going to, uh, just like go crazy over and be like, everybody has to see this movie so good. Right. But it is definitely one of those movies where like, I would enjoy sitting down and watching this with somebody who hasn't seen it before and just getting their take on it, which is kind of what I did with Cloverfield, Mm -hmm. the first one. And, uh, so it's it, like an eight for me is like, it's enjoyable and it's a fun movie. Like yeah. I'm definitely going to buy it on Blu-ray. I really look forward to like uh, maybe taking my dad to see it. Like I love taking him to movies and just watching, <laughs> watching him try to, cause he's even more analytical than I am. Yeah. And so I love putting him in situations where like, you can't analyze anything in this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's just a fun ride. So, um, so yeah, I would give it a solid eight. I think it's, it's definitely worth your time, but it's, it's not going to, you're not going to hear about it in the Oscars or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely think, like, you're you're right on with it's, like, you know, um, it's not something I will go out and be like, everybody needs to see this movie. Everybody should see And it's like, I, I suggest that you see it if you're yep. interested in that sort of thing. If you're, if it's, you know, if it seems like it might be too intense for you, it's too intense for you. But, you know, it's, it's something that whenever people have seen it, that I find out, oh, you've seen that? What'd you think? You know, it's yeah. like you're in the yeah. club, you know, it's like you're, you, there, there's going to be a whole kind of group of people that have seen this movie and experienced it. And similar to the first one, you know, yep. mm-hmm. where there's going to be a group of people that have seen this and, and, and like it and experienced it that way. And in the same and, way, there's going to be people who hate it. Oh, of course. There's a lot of people who hate Cloverfield. Oh, of course. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a ton of people who's like, why is it aliens, man? I don't get it. <laughs> right. Of course. And, uh, and, but you know, it's like whenever you, whenever you like something and enjoy something, whenever you meet somebody that you're like, Oh, you know about this? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. We, you know, you get mm-hmm. it. There's a, there's a, a kinship of sorts that form around, uh, of around fans and, uh, and people who like and appreciate certain types of movies. And this is yep. definitely that type of movie. So yep. what, what do you, uh, what do you rate it, Aaron? So in my defense, I was going to give it an eight <laughs> yeah. before, before Josh did. And I'm still going to give it an eight. Yeah. Uh, for, yeah, really a lot of the same reasons. Like I had a, a, a good amount of uh, kind of quirky humor sprinkled throughout too, yep. where you're just kind of like, oh, right. that, that was kind of 
strange and funny at the same time. <laughs> a um, lot of nervous laughter. Yeah, like, ah, 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 oh, that's creepy. Um, and yeah, like just uh, the music was great. Like you know, the amount of tension it caused. Um, yes. Just the uh, the moments where it was silent, save for you know footsteps walking towards the door and the you know jingling keys and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's really good. I guess. The keys, the shots, I, I will throw this out there as well. The keys, we whenever we saw him, you know, pop the pop the caps on the things and we put the keys back and he has the knife there too. Whenever she's going for the keys, I almost thought she was going for the knife and you're like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. what in the world? And uh, I mean, there were numerous moments like that where even whenever he's laying there on the ground and she's crawling through to go upstairs, you're like, how is she going to get out? Because whenever you see him on the ground there, you see his keys are still on his belt. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, so, so there are small things like that, small, really detail oriented, uh, directing where whenever you could possibly have a question about what's happening and, and how much information you should have, where it's like, well, does she have the keys on her? Did she get yeah. the keys <laughs> off of him? <laughs> and then s- the next shot, you're like, nope, the keys are still clipped to his belt and he's underneath this bookcase or yeah. whatever, you know, and she and is up the stairs. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, so those moments are, were really nice as well. So yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'd give it an eight. Yeah, and honestly, that's exactly what I was going to give it as well. So it's getting straight eights. I was I was thinking about like nodding up a little bit, but it's like I don't think it quite achieves a full like eight point five. So it's like if I were to really break this sucker down into a uh, like a hundred point scale, it would get an about an eight point two. But yeah, super awesome movie. Yeah, a lot of fun. Well, that's it for this week. This was a fun episode, guys. This was uh, this was nice to have both of yeah. you here. Yeah, I awesome. appreciate having both of you here because uh, uh, until today, I don't know if I really knew that either of you was going to be on the show. Like, <laughs> and then uh, and then whenever I found, out, I was like, okay, cool, this is awesome. So uh, so thank you for being here. It You're was uh, yeah, it was a fun episode of of casting pods with you. I'm not I'm not sure if it was if that means like having a pod and then throwing it, or if the, uh, yeah. So yeah. I guess broad, like, broadcasting to iPods there was, you go. was where how it started. So. There you go. Yeah, anyway. But, uh, <laughs> but that's it for this week. If we mention any links and articles and things like that, I'll make sure to include those on the uh, standtargetpodcast.com in the show notes and, uh, and and all that. You can find me on Twitter at JohnWright777. You can find Josh Fulton, a.k.a. Fultron. Yes, Fultron84 on Twitter. Nice. And you can find the uh, the amazing Rocket League uh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. over here uh, Aaron Wright on Twitter at uh, that is the number one Aaron Wright so you're the first Aaron Wright that's uh, what that means or I'm the second and <laughs> Aaron Wright was already taken of course of course um, I used to have John Wright 7 but then I couldn't get it on uh, on Instagram as well and so I was like dang it I gotta add 7s here so that's why I'm John Wright 777 on both of those um but you can find Stay On Target Podcast at Stay On Target Pod on Twitter and always online at stayontargetpodcast.com. Next week, we are talking about the PlayStation VR uh, event that's happening on Tuesday. We're going to be talking about that. The week after that, I do believe, is our Batman versus Superman review. And again, we're going to do a substantial spoiler-free section before that because we're going to see it on... Monday night and we will have the podcast up on Tuesday morning that week so the 22nd of, uh, of of March here we'll have that up so basically before anybody else will be able to see this we will have seen it and, and put it out there and so we can tell you if you want to spend your hard earned cash on Batman 
versus Superman. That'll be our episode 150 as well. Which Ooh, is that's uh, like pro status. You guys are getting like way early screenings. It's quite the event. Well, that one was one that uh, I, I went to a screening at the IMAX. It was an IMAX screening of the first like trailer. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, they decided Warner Brothers decided they wanted to put this out in IMAX. And so they were like, oh, here, come to this uh, come to this thing. And so I went to that. At the end of it, they gave away posters, and they gave away t- pre-screening tickets. Like, this is the pre-screening mm. tickets for that. And so, uh, but yeah, that's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on, on Target. Target.